lady ballers welcome back we're soccer props and it's game time what's up lady ballers we are back how hey lady ballers good how are you good um guys we are so excited to have this guest on today on the podcast she um her name's erica sutter she helps female athletes with a lot of injury prevention stuff and specifically she focuses on like hormones and growth spurts and all of that stuff that is considered a soccer all problem when we're growing up right like, something i would so never think of <laughs> when i was growing up right it's crazy and like i personally dealt with really bad knee pain with my growth spurt um and i'm sure you guys did too so Definitely take notes. Um, she's so educational and amazing. So check her out and can't wait for you guys to listen. And guys, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We love reading all the reviews and it really helps us get a sense of what you like about the podcast, what you want to hear more of. And shout out to our listener, Mary, who left this awesome review saying that I love them because they motivate me to be a better player and a better teammate and to just have fun playing the game we love. They also make me laugh and encourage me when I feel like giving up. Thank you, SGP. No, thank you, Mary. <laughs> Please leave us some more reviews. We love it. All right, guys. Now, without further ado, enjoy episode 67 with Erica Sutter. Hey, Erica. Hey, how are you? Good. How are Hi, you? Erica. I'm great. I, it's exciting to finally meet you guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I've been following you guys on YouTube since the start, so I kind of feel like a millennial here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for the support. And we got so excited when we found you on Instagram. We, oh, thank we you. saw your feed. Um, I think I was on the Explore page, and I clicked one of your videos, and I just couldn't get over how much education and, and really good material you put out there for, like, young female athletes, especially like the youth for training and injury prevention. So we had to have you on the podcast to talk about it. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's, it's been a lot of fun and it's, it, it's a great audience. So I'm happy to help. Awesome. We're just going to dive right in. Like we would just love to learn a little bit about, you know, who you are and how you, you got into this space. Yeah, so just like you guys, I've been through the system all through youth. I started when I think I was like five or six years old, and my mom forced me to my first soccer practice and <laughs> didn't want to go, was all pouty and crying in the car. But then after that first practice, I just I fell in love with the game and just all through middle and high school played recreationally and then started playing travel when I was 13 or 14. So I guess nowadays that would be considered late <laughs> to be travel. And we, we can kind of talk about that, but I had switched over to playing for Bethesda soccer club. I don't know. We you know it. Yep. <laughs> We've been down yeah. there many times. <laughs> yep. So still a pretty big club today, but um, that was the club team I decided to switch over to so I could go to more showcases and, uh, get recruited to play in college. And then I decided to take the division three path and I played at Johns Hopkins university and um, loved every minute of it. And uh, the college experience for me was just like 
the, the peak of everything, um, not just uh, physically, but also just mentally and just creatively and just my love for the game. So that's an experience that I want to help young girls now have if, if that's their dream. Um, and then after I graduated from Hopkins, I didn't have a job and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I uh, had a degree in economics, oddly enough, and <laughs> just decided to leave the country and <laughs> go coach in Brazil through a volunteer program for a year. So that was in 2012, the, the start of coaching and, and working with kids. And I, that's, that's what I wanted to do after that experience. <laughs> That's so cool. Isn't it yeah. crazy that no matter how hard we like try to predetermine what we're going to end up doing, like an experience doing something has so, so much more of a lasting impact on what you're going to end up doing. It's yeah, it's nuts. It's like, everyone's like, Oh, you went to Hopkins. Are you going to be a surgeon or a doctor? And I'm like, not really. Like, <laughs> is that like the path? So it was, um, it was, it was interesting to kind of get that, that pushback, but it's like, no, you want to, you want to do what you love ultimately. And I'm sure you guys can relate with the brand that you've grown. So Definitely. Always unexpected. <laughs> yeah. When you were playing in school, were you really into, you know, doing things um, properly with warming up and injury pre prevention and all of that stuff? Or was that kind of like a later on thing that happened after you graduated? That's a, so that's a great question. I, I actually had started strength and conditioning when I was in sixth grade. So I had hired a strength coach and I did his camp and it was just this co-ed camp where we just did like sprints and Olympic lifts and we learn how to resistance train um, safely at a, at a young age. And I started so young and just continued that all the way through high school. Um, but oddly enough, when I went to college, Hopkins didn't have a strength coach at that time. So mm -hmm. this was back in 2008 to 2012. So we kind of created our own workouts. Uh, I don't know if it was for the best because this was when P90X and Insanity were a thing. And <laughs> I don't know if that was like the best thing for our knees, but thankfully I made it out alive. <laughs> Wait, so you would <laughs> do P90X like, with your yeah. teams? Yeah, it, yeah. We oh like God. thought like this was like it. Like, I mean, <laughs> it was resistance training, but we just didn't really like know any better or have, we didn't want to do the Olympic lifts because we didn't have someone to really like supervise. So we're like, oh, we'll just, we'll do P90X by this like random fitness guru, which, you know, looking Daunty. back now, I'm like cringing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy, that like 2008 and you guys still don't have a strength coach and you're That's just nuts. using online. That's so wild. And that was division three. That was like Wow. I think most division three programs back then didn't really have the, the funding for it, or maybe they just mm -hmm. didn't see a need. I know most division one colleges have had them for a while for a couple yeah. of decades. So it's, it's really interesting that we didn't have one. Yeah. I think also like the, there's been a big change in mindset now where the sports world is understanding the importance of resistance training in terms of like injury prevention and everything. I feel like it was, so neglected like we we lifted when we were in college but none of it was for the purpose of injury prevention or health or you know balancing out your body or fixing your weaknesses like it was just like straight lifting for the purpose of getting stronger so it's right. really interesting how like I feel like there's a much bigger level of importance placed on that now do you notice that as well even just with the kids you're working with 
Yeah, absolutely. And you, you make such a great point that it's, it's not so much about like, just like getting strong as hell. It's more about, okay, can we move properly? Are we coordinated enough? Can we fix our imbalances in, in the pelvic area and learn to stabilize our core and protect our knees and maybe rolling an ankle? So it's, it's become more, I guess, like soccer specific as far as what the the soccer player needs in terms of just movement quality but also training the the proper energy systems for conditioning or or for speed and what are the exact work to rest times for the drills that we're doing and we're not just always running ourselves into the ground but maybe if we're doing a speed day we're resting longer so every sprint we can we can train the nervous system to go fast um, so we're training that energy system so i think there's now people are just getting more educated on okay what does the soccer player really need and it's it's not just always like the the men's football strength coach running the women's soccer workouts <laughs> yeah <laughs> having them like bench so much you know <laughs> been there did you I love, um, yeah. <laughs> I love the focus that you put on the knees because like we can all speak to that like we growing up I feel like that's a huge problem with women especially um so can you tell us a little bit about that like what do you usually tell your your soccer players about um protecting their knees mm-hmm Gosh, well, with um, the, the growing female athletes, so ages like 10 to 16, there's, there's a lot of changes going on. So as far as just like coordination disturbances and disturbances in their balance, and they're, they're starting to put on a little bit more muscle during that time, but at the same time, their, their bones are growing extremely fast. So that's going to cause uh, what they call growing pains and just pulling on that that tendon on the kneecap a little bit more and, and making it tight. So that's usually like the first knee issue I see with young female athletes. And then obviously there's ACL, uh, meniscus tears, uh, even patellar tendon tears. And I get a lot of questions. Okay, well, what are some exercises that female athletes can just strengthen their knees, whether it's patellar pain or ACL or meniscus. And they think I'm going to give some like magical exercise or like your top five that, <laughs> you know, is like a magazine headline, but I just say all of them, like your, your body is, is functioning as, as an entire system. So if, if the posture slouched, then that's going to inhibit the glutes, that's going to make the knees unstable. And it just goes all the way down the chain. Um, I also tell them to focus a lot on like their hip and hamstring. So that's, that's always a big one since those muscles aren't really overloaded as much in soccer as, as the quads are. So mm -hmm. those are huge. And then the, the feet, ankle and calves and just, starting from the ground up because those are all the muscles that that support the knee so the more we can just build the strong girl overall the the better and not just for injury but the the psychological confidence she'll get from that is just is just huge so we notice like a lot of girls maybe won't have something structurally wrong with them like a torn ligament or tendon but they're experiencing persistent and nagging like knee pain over time. What do you suggest the girls who are going through that uh, do as the best way to get through it while not, obviously you don't wanna miss out on too much, especially when there's not something technically wrong that needs to be like casted or rest like that. But what do you suggest that they do uh, if they're experiencing that kind of nonstop pain that won't go away? 
That, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question because like the overuse injuries can kind of creep up on you and they like a lot of young girls especially don't realize that it, they can't push through the pain that long until it becomes like this chronic issue. So any girl who has nagging pain now, my, my question would be, okay, well, how long has this been going on? If they say over two weeks, then it's like, okay, well, what are you currently doing now to alleviate the pain? And more often than not, they'll answer me and be like, nothing, <laughs> or I'm, I'm pushing through it. I'm just ignoring it. And that's, that's the last thing I want them to do. So it's like, okay, what are you doing to really mitigate this? And then to step back onto the field after taking some time um, to recover to, to become stronger than, than who you were before that injury. So I think a, a lot of girls are under the impression that, you know, they want to return to the field pain-free, but it's also like, you want to come back your most resilient self. Like soccer should be the easiest thing you do when you get back from that injury. You should be physically and, and mentally uh, confident. I, I love that tip because I feel that um, oftentimes, times like players will come back and they'll be very timid and then they end up getting injured again and like it's all because they wanted to rush back in a way and it's just a great piece of advice like you want to come back feeling so confident in your ability to like pivot and sprint and like go into a tackle um because it can be scary like it really can um when you're not ready for it so that's a great piece of advice yeah, and it's, uh, I, I'm glad you brought up like pivoting and cutting and like those dynamic actions. I think when a lot of players are like going through the rehab process, they they don't really seek someone out who like understands the game. I, I think you guys might know Nicole Serdica, like great uh, physical therapist in the soccer world. I mean, there's so many, but they, they make sure they're pain free and then they go back um, having revisited like cutting motions or how to decelerate, how to change direction. And then when they get back on the field, like the motor learning's there and, and they're comfortable with the, the muscle memory. So that's, that's huge is to, just like practice the pitch like actions and then be ready to go when you're pain free. Yeah, I love that. It's you just have to, it's exactly that. It's like practicing it before you get on the field and not just like doing light jogs and barely stretching and then assuming you're going to be able to, you know, sprint and stop short and be fine. So it's, yeah. it's really so important. And I guess like, I, I'm just so curious, like, did you personally go through any of, um, these situations like from your childhood growing up like I I know I can I definitely remember having to wear like a, a patella like brace because of my growing pains I don't even know if it did anything I right. didn't even like, know that yeah. like I always thought that they put so much like association with guys with growing pains like I, I don't think anyone that I knew girls even knew that they like had them they probably had pain but just didn't associate with like having a growing pain yeah that is interesting I think it's um I think it's becoming more of a term now uh, for the female athlete, but um, yeah, as far as like, just, I, I do want to bring up like taping and like the bracing and I always tell girls that it's, it's just a temporary bandaid. So it's not uh, necessarily solving like the internal physiological problem that's going on and whatever that may be, it could be like a lack in quad strength, hamstring strength, maybe the, the quad muscles too tight. You're not stretching it enough. So like slipping on that brace, it, it might make you like feel good. And like, and like you said, like, you're not sure if it helped, but doing like the things on the back end that, that are going to help 
build your strength. So all of your resistance training, learning how to jump and land on both feet, then one foot, and just, just again, building the, the holistic athlete. And we can't ignore like nutrition and, and being able to fuel enough and make sure your muscles have the energy to sustain the actions in the game, um, making sure you're recovering and you're chilling out. Like you're not constantly like training all the time or you're always on your phone. Like that's just going to stress your nervous system out even more. So like true recovery, like meditation, uh, just walking without your phone, being outside in nature, like those are probably the best things you can do besides slipping on a brace and like watching TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so happy you brought that up because that's exactly what we believe in, like with soccer doll probs. And we started a whole university where we're teaching like holistic ways to, to help because it, it's just, as you said, like it's all too often where we're like literally putting band-aids on to cover up problems that could be solved with like just other things that could be adjusted in their life. And, um, and also I like your whole thing where you you provided an incredible blog for us and lady ballers will be posting that too with this podcast but um you are so you emphasize being proactive and not reactive so like instead of reacting and putting a brace on that you might not have needed if you were being proactive warming up and doing dynamic stretching before you play like things like that like i like that you focus on that because um it just raises the the athlete's awareness and that's really key for for their injury prevention and performance Mm -hmm. Yeah, being being proactive, it's just, I mean, it's huge. It's huge for just sport performance and just being a healthy, fast and strong athlete in the long run. But even just teaching these girls like how to how to live life, like maybe they want to grow a brand like you guys one day. So how are they putting the work in the back end to, to create awesome products or awesome courses? And they're they're putting in the work to just develop this this powerful, impactful thing. So it, it just like permeates into other aspects. And it's just it's just not about soccer all the time, too. Yeah. Do you find that sometimes like players get lazy with their, their rehab at home or like the at home stuff that they have to do? Um, you know, I don't, so I, I work and collaborate with a lot of physical therapists and they tell me that is like kind of a big struggle, but now with the virtual world, it's kind of helped because we can kind of like check in over zoom more often than not and hold people accountable but you know if the the message i try to give with with girls uh, if they have to do extra at home i i have my girls i work with do a lot of like balance stuff at home just everyday things that compound over time so that when they see me we can do the more advanced stuff so at home they're working on their mobility um their change of direction stance and i always tell them if you guys want to come to me and do these like crazy flashy sessions and actually like ch get more challenged then this is the stuff you need to do at home and then usually that's that's what resonates with them the most because they they want to progress they want to have a more challenging stimulus every time they see me so it's it really just is about creating that habit and we go as far as to have group texts or reminders in our phone we call it the daily non-negotiables um, some girls have them set for 9am, mine set for 6am. And I just show them, look, like we're all like your coaches are doing this stuff. We're all doing it. Like we're all adults here. And this is what you're going to have to do when you're adults. You got to be consistent 
with the basics and sometimes the boring stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so important even during like this time, like so many girls are like, what can I do at home? I don't have teammates. I don't have goals. I don't have all, all this stuff that they're so used to having every day. And just to emphasize that to be able to do the basics and make a habit out of the basics is one of the best things you can do for yourself. And yeah, maybe it's not pretty and it's not the most exciting thing ever to do. But like you're saying, that's such a good idea. Set the, set the reminders in your phone throughout the weekend of the things that you have to get done, mm -hmm. whether they're fun, whether they're not, but things that you can do alone that are going to really help kind of build you as an athlete. Yeah. And, I love that advice. And I feel like it really helps you form the habit too. Like if you're continuously doing it, it like becomes a habit that you probably end up really enjoying and it's, I mean, I wish I had like this education back when, when we were playing guys, like even when yeah. we were, right? like, even yeah. in high school, like I literally did not care. I just would literally not care about warming up. I would just go and then yeah. you get hurt or like I would go home and be like, this is my time to do absolutely nothing. I'm laying on the couch. Cause like, you know, you feel exhausted, but like there are things, if you really want it and want to play and be the best you can, like, these are things that you have to focus a little bit more on so it's a nice reminder of that do you yeah. have any um any good like i know obviously your instagram's awesome do you have any other sources you'd recommend for our followers whether yeah. they are in physical therapy or just you know prehab for people yeah absolutely i mean uh there's a there's a lot of amazing soccer performance coaches out there and a lot of them are women and uh, they're hard to find but there's a lot of them they're there um so i don't know if you guys know ivy casagrande uh she's the uh, strength coach of the orlando pride so she works with like ali and sydney great great uh resource she's worked with a lot of uh, growing female athletes in the past before she got hired by them so she's an expert in that area as well um ivy castagrande it's a long brazilian name but i'm always shouting her out on my instagram <laughs> awesome cool. and then uh nicole serdica is amazing she's more on the the physical therapy side and, and rehab side and it's it's super soccer specific and then as far as, I mean, nutrition, that, that's a big one. There's a lot of underfueling going on. Like I actually just talked to her today. Her name's Riley Beatty. She is the uh, women's soccer uh, at UCLA, right? She, yeah, she contributed a blog to our website yeah, recently. She's incredible. Yeah, she's a, a great resource. And we, we were talking today about just um, calorie intake with young female athletes and 1200 calories a day. It's like most of you guys are getting that um, if you're listening, but we want to get that three times that number, which is like shocking for, for most. Um, but if you look at all of the, the expenditure and how hard training is and how often there's practice, it, the number makes sense. So, so the energy is there. So Riley, Riley Beatty is a, is a great resource for nutrition. Yeah, she, she really is. And she's like you. She breaks it down so simple on her Instagram feed. We'll have to share her um, feed in the podcast description as well. Um, and I, that's just how it, it has to be, like breaking it down to be so simple, just like raising that awareness that women like us, we want to lose weight and do all this stuff all the time. But it's like, hello, you have to have the energy to perform. And you're not going to have energy if you're depleting, you, you know, like yeah. if you're barely eating. So it's a great reminder that it's like, yeah, it's calories, but the calories is energy and it's fuel. And we yep. need to focus on that. So it's a really great point. I think so many people don't realize too that a moment of injury on the field, it could so absolutely be attributed to you being 
undernourished and mm -hmm. underperforming because you're not, you don't have the proper nutrition. I think people neglect that fact so much, mm -hmm. but that could literally, I, I personally got more injured in college because I was not fueling myself right at all. So yeah. I think that's such an important little aspect to add in. People think it's so physical with injuries, but it, so much of it is that back end of nutrition too. It's so true. And like being able to maintain your muscle mass, like you have to have that food. Um, and it just, I don't know. I just love, I just love that. So thank you for shouting her out too. Um, she's awesome. She's uh -huh. great. Um, you actually, so you mentioned, um, just like weight gain and stuff and I'm, I'm having flashbacks to like one of your guys's first videos, like just, just <laughs> went completely viral. And it was when, um, you're like putting the jeans on and <laughs> you're like struggling to get them up. But then it's just like, you know, like, and we call them like soccer quads. It's like, you know, like it's, it's good to have that because we can sh rocket shots from like the 50 yard line, or we can, we can run faster. We can be more explosive in our first step. So it's like having that leg strength and that lower body power is just, that's a, something to celebrate. So um, I just, yeah, I so related to that part and everyone can, it, but it's, it's a good thing. And it's, it's good to just like laugh at and be like, yeah, I got soccer quads and whatever. It's cool. <laughs> do you, do you notice like the players that you're training now, are they more confident in their big soccer, like their strong soccer legs or are they, are there still people struggling with that? They're, yeah, they're, they're on board with it. I think That's they good. just, they just see the benefits of, of the uh, physical training and the results they're getting on the field. And they, yeah, they really embrace it. And um, it, it's interesting to look, because um, like most of the girls I've worked with for over three years at a minimum, um, some like eight years, and you just like see like the, the physiological progression, like when they first come in, they're just, you know, they're super lean and you just look and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm shocked you haven't um, like rolled an ankle or blown out a knee. Like we really want to like build you up here. And then you see them like several years later and it's like, wow, like they really embrace this long-term physical development process. And they're, it's essentially like building young girls into strong women with, with this training. That, that's really what it is. So it's just, it's cool to see the, the long-term effects of it. Yeah. You make it sound so cool too. Like, like instead of like it. putting it's on muscle, it's like, actually, no, you're going to be a strong woman. That's pretty badass. So yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. And when you work with um, players, do you work with um, teams or is it more like individual people? Yeah, so I, I used to do individual uh, back in 2012 when I was starting out, but then I realized that these girls thrived more in that like small group setting mm -hmm. um, just because we're doing intense agility and speed work and we're competing and racing against each other so that they get the most out of the session. I think the last thing like a 13 year old girl would want to do is me like stare at them as I like have my stopwatch and I'm like running them through like a shuttle run. <laughs> so um, yeah, now it's just, it's more of like that, that group energy and it's usually girls that come from all different club teams in, in Baltimore, Maryland, um, and even just like the state in, in general. And it's cool because they all play each other. But then when they're coming into the facility, they're like training for the same cause. So it's like super competitive, but 
they've all become really good friends. And when they play each other, they tell me that they're like just laughing and like marketing. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have done that too when you yeah. played for friends. But it's just cool to see like just the like the community and just how, how much fun they have when, when they're in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, well, we, we seriously... Uh, is there anything actually we'll, we'll end with like any advice that you would give a player who's maybe experiencing some growth pains or, or just more injuries than usual? Um, because I know there's a lot of mistakes that, that players could be making, but if you could just give them like maybe one piece of advice or step they could take in the right direction, what would that be? My, yeah, my advice would be just as far as soccer and performance in general, if, just where where do they want to go with all of this and like who who do they want to be even even when soccer is over so do they want to instill this habit in them now where they're they're focusing on their health they're they're working on how to recover um how to how to meditate and do all these things and how to be strong so that when they're in the professional world, when it's extremely stressful and that there's so much adversity, more so than soccer sometimes, like, are you gonna be ready for that? It's e even like time, the time now with all this going on with COVID, it's like, shoot, I've been training my whole life for this moment, like <laughs> to kind of like keep my cool and adapt. And that's, that's really what training is. It's like, can you overcome something challenging and then adapt to it through, through your body and mind, so. Yeah, love that. All long term. <laughs> and it helps them prioritize too. Like yeah. if you care about your health and you're like, I'm going to start caring now, like what are ways that you can care about your health? You can go see your doctor, that's for sure. <laughs> the yeah. First thing. Um, and to hire some professionals like you, you know, who know what you're doing and can help them train. So it's yeah. incredible. Huge. Yeah. I'm so excited for everyone to read your blog too, because I think that it's going to give a ton of good advice and you break things down. I think people are going to be like, Oh yeah, that's why I'm consistently hurting all the time, or this is how I can go about fixing it. So thank you so much for giving us like just such awesome advice and, and good little tips that we can pass on to our lady baller community because we didn't have that growing up. And I don't think there's still, I still don't think there's enough of it. So thank you for doing that. And, and tips for ourselves. I have a lot of info that I, I will use now from that too. <laughs> Good. That's awesome. Well, awesome. thank you guys. This was, this was great. It was, it was so nice to be here and, and have this discussion. I, I hope it helps many of your girls and yeah, blog posts, super excited for that to come out. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you, Erica. Bye, Erica. Bye.